welcome to the strange perspective welcome to my podcast and i did it oh i finally did it i finally have a guest it's it's my best friend one of the absolute best human beings on this planet and we're gonna finally talk about one of my biggest passions in life which is wrestling because this week i don't know what fucking week number it is but this was a huge, huge week for wrestling. And I felt if there's any period of time where we're supposed to talk about wrestling, it's right now. This episode will be the week WWE had compared to AEW. And I felt the only way to make it justice, if we're going to talk about a brand versus a brand, is to have a person versus a person. This isn't necessarily a argument we... Actually, to tell you the truth, we don't argue at all. We don't have any discussions or anything. We just talk and we put out all the facts. And at the end, we'll try to see what company, not necessarily won, but what company made the biggest impact. So if you don't like wrestling, eh, this might not be for you, amigo. But for everyone else, I mean, I know personally, it's about damn time. I had a wrestling episode, and there is no better person to have it with. That being said, relax. Make sure that you've seen every episode before listening to this, because, I mean, no shit, there will be spoilers. All right? There will be spoilers. You kind of, you know, you should kind of expect that. So if you haven't seen the shows yet, don't listen to this. Watch the shows. Then come back to this, all right? And then, fuck it. Tell me what you think. Fucking get back to me, amigos. I'm not that hard to get to get a hold of. Talk to me. Tell me what you felt. Do you agree with what we say? And if anything else, it's just fun to talk about wrestling. All right? Let's do this. Let's begin the episode. I have, for the first time in a very long time, a guest... Please introduce yourself to my listeners. Yes. Hey, my name is Ziad, and um, like uh, Danny here, I've been a huge wrestling fan, a huge gamer, um, music fan all my life. So, and I've known Danny since we were in kindergarten, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been through a lot together, and we've had tons of arguments, a lot of fun. A lot of drunken nights. So I'm glad that you invited me into this. Well, if there's anyone I want to have to my podcast, because I do feel that it's it's someone I need to trust, and it's also someone I know can help me forward a conversation. And I'm nine episodes in. It's finally time to tackle wrestling. I know that a lot of a lot of you people have been waiting. When is he going to talk about wrestling? It's all about video games. Well, here it is. And if none of you have been asking for it, now you're going to get it. This week has been a huge week for wrestling. Because mm -hmm. the WWE started pumping up real stuff. AEW has finally started with their weekly shows. And NXT is on USA. Sure, it started two weeks ago. But now it's a direct competition. That's what this episode is all about. We're going to talk about our first impressions of it. We're going to talk about how we feel about it. So let's begin. Let's begin with the first show in the week. Let's begin with Raw. Yeah. What was, what was, what, what kind of feeling did you get from it? So I'll kind of like first admit that I haven't seen all of Raw uh, yet. Uh, mostly it's because of time constraints at home. But I did see a, more than half. And I do know like the big key parts. Um, Raw was pretty was uh was pretty good um i love like the new set design uh i love like the new emphasis on um like making it bigger and making it like feel like a big deal um but like show wise like the th things that happened like yeah it was a lot of like big deal stuff like you know rick flair and hogan were there um you know there was a championship match so it was felt it was like very much like 
yeah, here's big deal stuff. I only wish that it was... I didn't feel like there was a lot of change into the product. Like, you could tell that, yeah, sure, they made it more of a big deal. But, like, I felt it was kind of by the numbers in a way. Like, there was some few parts, but I never felt like, hell yeah. Like, finally, this is the Raw we've been always wanting and, and things. And maybe that's just because Raw isn't the flagship show anymore, in quotation. Oh, you uh, don't think it's a flagship show anymore? No, I think, I think, I mean, I think that's going to be SmackDown. I think that's going to be SmackDown. Uh, but shouldn't, bigger... shouldn't the coming draft decide that? Maybe, but I think the emphasis on them moving to a new network, the amount of money that's going in, like it, it's a network that is very much into the sports kind of thing. Uh, they, it might go into more like SmackDown will maybe be more sports centric, like kind of have that feeling of us watching a sports show, even though it is wrestling. Um, but I mean, time will tell. Like that's just the, my initial impressions. Like comparing Raw and SmackDown this week, I mean, I felt SmackDown was the bigger show, the one that meant most. I'll I'll tell you immediately what what kind of I got I was disappointed by this week's Raw because mm. I've been praising Raw for like a month now. Mm. I've been praising it. I've been I felt that the show was so good. And then this comes up and it's no way near as good as the one last week or the week before that. And I'm going when what this is so fucking typical when it's finally time to show, all right, here it is. Here's Raw. It's like what happened? Yeah. What it wasn't bad, but I was like, "What the fuck happened? You were, this this was way more fun last week." Yeah. And the week before that, and the week before that, it could be because maybe this week they're concentrating more on SmackDown, like the efforts of the WWE is heavily towards SmackDown. So even though yeah, they like didn't necessarily drop the ball completely with Raw, uh, they put more emphasis on SmackDown because it's the premiere uh, show and and it's on Fox and all that stuff. So that could be the reason why. It could be. I would say. I mean, I don't... I can explain it, so it probably is that. Yeah. And that's a great transition to SmackDown. We just saw SmackDown. This is recorded on a Saturday. And what do you think? What's your impression on SmackDown? I, I like SmackDown. I think... Uh, it, it more of like the same, like the emphasis on the set. Pyro's back, hell yeah. Well, uh, Pyro's back on Raw as well. Yes, but even for the wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But wasn't as memorable. Maybe it's because it's so more, much more fresh in my mind. Um, but uh, I thought SmackDown was the better show this week. Um, which is kind of obvious. There was a lot of emphasis on like Fox being there and like people from Fox and other sports. Um, so they made it into a big deal. Um, but I think it's I think it's interesting where they're going with the both the shows, both Raw and SmackDown, uh, but SmackDown more so. Um, yeah. All right. Because personally, I, I didn't. I, wasn't such a big fan of of the SmackDown. I found it kind of boring. Uh, and th I mean, the whole thing was okay. SmackDown on Fox, and sure, you got the feeling that it's a new network, and you got the whole feeling of yes, we're starting something new, and yes, the set was amazing, mm. looked great. But it was meh. I'll say I'll say that the the matches themselves were kind of meh. Yeah. I mean, like, I think we were talking to each other more than actually paying attention to the matches. But why are we talking to each other instead of paying attention to the matches? Because right. the matches aren't grab isn't right. grabbing our attention. I think the thing is about right now with Fox is the potential of what could happen. Like, sure, we got to see the sets and they're using Pyro and, like, they're, uh, you know, spoiler alert, Brock Lesnar is the champion. So it's kind of like a launching pad into great things. And... Uh, maybe, maybe uh, going too hard too fast in the beginning is, is the right move because you want people to kind of like 
start slow and then traject forward Wait, so in a way? What, what, that reminds me. Do you think the reason why they introduced Kane Velasquez in this one yes. is because so many MMA people are going, or not specifically MMA people, but a lot of different fans that don't usually watch WWE. Yeah. They're going, okay, so what the fuck is this? What, what do you have to offer to me? Right. Oh, they have Kane Velasquez. They have Brock Lesnar. I know these people outside of wrestling. Yeah. So maybe there's a reason for me to watch this. I mean, I have no doubt that that's one of the reasons why they brought. It. I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if uh, Roddy Ronnie, what's her name? Uh, woman MMA person. Oh shit! Uh, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Ronda Rousey goes to Fox as well. Fucking hell! SmackDown is like the MMA show of WWE. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. Like, it is... It's, I mean, Fox is a huge network. Mm-hmm. Humongous network. And you want people to relate to characters of the show, like, pretty directly. Like, obviously, they'll relate to characters once they keep watching and are following the episodes. Um, but they need someone to kind of be like, oh, I know that guy. Oh, I know who these guys are. And then just jump in. Like, I think that's the whole reason why the whole Kane-Brock thing happened is because they've had a fight in real life, you know, in MMA. Uh, so they're just kind of like, oh, I know this rivalry. I know the history between them. And they can, like, I have to watch next week to see what happens. And then the product of that would be, oh, I'm also watching these other wrestlers and they have stories. And then you kind of get slowly invested into all the other uh, characters and then move forward from well, there. Well, then how about this? How about this question? Considering how much they've hyped this, it's a season premiere for Raw, right. it's SmackDown on Fox, and considering that they've been hyping this up for so many months, if right. not a year, yeah. did you get the feeling of, fuck yes, this is a new start, this is a new era, this is a reboot, this right. is a fucking remake we've been, we've been waiting for in that really old PlayStation 1 game? Right. I, uh, no. I think in that sense it's a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, that's uh, where I'm coming from. Especially when you compare it to, like, what NXT was this week and what AEW was this week, uh, I don't think it was reached to those levels. Like, Do you feel like it reached to the level that it can possibly reach with the regime that it has? And I'm not oh. specifically only focusing on a certain Vincent Kennedy McMahon, but I am saying the way that it's run. Is this the maximum WWE can reach on a weekly show? Because if it's not, Mm. then they fucked up. Because this was the time to do it. This was the time to show it. I don't think so. Because, I mean, obviously we've seen good SmackDown episodes. We've seen amazing SmackDown episodes. Mm. And we've seen amazing Raw episodes. So obviously they have the ability or the potential ability to do those kind of things. I just think that when it comes to... When it come, I think it's I think it's really hard to write an episode of Raw or SmackDown or at least SmackDown in this case when it when it's a new season, it's a new, um, it's a new network it's on. Like, how do you write something that is both continuing stories and getting new think people in and trying to like make it into a big deal? Like, I think it's challenging like if you're if you're already like if you're already set on a network for and you know the story you just keep building on but this is like a new start so it's like there has to be new things happening and maybe that's hard to do like maybe that's why yeah but when you're a company as big as WWE, yeah quote unquote hard to do yeah shouldn't be enough but i mean to stop you it's not hard to do a lot of things and still they fuck up on a regular basis so True. No, it's not like this is new uh, for WWE. Like I can't believe they screwed this up. Like they've done it before. So and and who knows? Maybe like Vince could have been like, "Oh, this the showers. Uh, no, we're gonna scrap that storyline." Or blah, blah. you know how he does like last minute changes. Mm. So and especially because this is a big deal, it could have been maybe more so. Like, oh, scrap that. No, do this. No, do that. Oh, we have to do this. And uh, so. I mean, you know, when, you, when you're when you kind of, like, writing stuff and throwing it away, writing stuff in the room, maybe the best quality doesn't necessarily come up through that. Well, 
Let's go from one old senile fucker to one semi-old, not-so-senile fucker. NXT. Let's not... Let, sure, let's talk about this week, but let's talk specifically about NXT on the new network, on USA. Let's talk about NXT. It's been two weeks now? Yeah. So let's talk about the whole feeling that you've gotten, or maybe that you haven't gotten from NXT since they went to television. Right. What do you think? What 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 is your feeling through this whole new NXT? So, I mean, I think NXT NXT is great, and I think the this the last two weeks episodes have been fucking great. I think they've been like near like takeover levels, like that's how much they invested into the Wednesday Night War. Um, I think, uh, and this is from last week, like Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic was. Amazing. Um, I like the whole Imperium storyline with like uh, Kushida. And uh, and uh, I think that will be really interesting. They're bringing a lot of people from NXT UK over, which is great. I love Rhea Ripley. Um, Don't we all? Yeah. And uh, so, and, and Matt Riddle is like now starting to be a part of that like main event scene much more now, which is really interesting. Um, so I think, yeah, NXT is really, really, like, doing really well. Like, if we're going to compare the WWE shows of this week, I think NXT is the winner. All right. Well, before we continue, I need to tell amigos, I need to tell you something when it comes to NXT. So I know the whole hype with NXT is, oh, it's the best thing out there. It's the best wrestling. And... Johnny Gargano is like the new Shawn Michaels. He's the new messiah for wrestling. Personally, I don't love NXT anymore. And I haven't loved NXT for a very long time. NXT takeovers used to be this huge adrenaline kick for me. And now it's, it's, it's basically, okay, that was fine. That was good. On to the next. I don't feel anything. There's so many spots that they keep fucking repeating, especially in the tag team matches. You got when the bad guy's holding that, the good guy in a submission, the good guy's coming to help, the other tag partner's gonna stop him, and he's holding him, and the good guy lifts up the tag team partner and throws it on top of him, and all four fall down. And everyone stands up and fucking applauds. It's been the same fucking spot for so fucking long i'm so tired of it okay i'll say this yes i agree with you there is a lot of like spots that are repeating yes but i still think that they do those spots more interestingly than they do in the main of main or the main in raw and smackdown like the like i feel like tag matches in raw and smackdown are much more monotonous and lot more like su wait submission okay he's trying to tag la 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 I know NXT does that as well, but at least they do more things when it turn when it comes to like, you know, getting for the person getting close and doing more interesting things. Like if you look at Undisputed Era and like Kyle O'Reilly specifically, when when they're like beating someone down and they're trying to stop people, he is more like doing different things there to to make sure that the tag doesn't happen. It feels more, like, realistic. He, like, holds the legs and says, Bobby, Bobby, Bob. Like, it's not just, like, the same old routine, I feel. So, I, f I agree with you, but I, I feel like it's a still a bit different. But, but don't you agree that NXT used to be more innovative? Don't you agree that takeovers, every single takeover, had something special about that specific takeover? Mm. You could go... Oh, remember this when this happened? Yes, that was TakeOver, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I couldn't do it because I suck when it comes to, to remembering shit. Mm. But now, and it's been like this for like a year, ever since the Johnny Gargano became the main, the main inventor, I felt that every TakeOver has basically been the same. I, I don't feel any difference. And even these wrestlers that I was looking forward to, these wrestlers that felt so special, like the Velveteen Dream, Every single match he had in TakeOver after that was like, yeah, but you had this match last time. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not feeling anything. I'm not getting that kick. Right. And why am I bringing this up? Because it's, it's important for me to establish that when it comes to NXT, we feel very differently. Mm. I know that when we, when we watch TakeOvers, 
you usually get that adrenaline kick. And I'm going, well, all right. It, I'm not saying it's bad wrestling. On the contrary, it's great wrestling. But I don't... I just don't feel anything anymore when it, when it comes to NXT. And I do with WWE, so it's not because of wrestling. I mean, just, just a quick inside step. The, the pay-per-view where Corbin was with Lacey Evans and he faced Becky, Seth Rollins yeah. and Becky. There's a spot there near the end of the match where Corbin attacks Becky. Mm, yeah. Johnny, uh, no, Johnny. Fucking Seth Rollins loses it and Corbin screams at him. He screams on him like, oh, what are you going to do about it? That spot, that those five seconds gave me much more of an adrenaline kick than any takeover did in the span of one year. I actually stood up and like, yes, let's fucking do this. And I used to get that all the time with NXT takeovers. Mm. And I don't. Now, let's not ramble on. I'm just bringing this up so the people listening to this will understand. This is not just a fucking love fest for NXT. Because I, I don't belong in that boat of NXT is flawless. And I'm not saying you do either. But a lot of people are. NXT are flawless and they can't do anything wrong. Well, according to me, they haven't been doing anything. They haven't been doing anything wrong, but they haven't been doing anything right for at least a year. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, would you say that they haven't done anything right? I would. I can't maybe, think of anything. But but you're but comparing to how NXT used to be when you liked it, would you say that they're doing? You're saying that they're not doing anything wrong. Fine, but you're saying they're not doing anything right. I think they're doing things right. It's just that it's not as good as maybe it used to be for you. But that's my definition of not doing anything right. All right. It's it's. NXT used to be so special, and now it's not. It's this formula. And I felt that it's been a formula ever since Johnny became a main, main eventer. And I'm not just talking about him always being in the main event. Mm. I'm just talking about it's so samey. It's so it's always the same. It's always the... The matches can, can be good, but... And I will always feel like this. I don't care how athletic a match is. I don't care how cool the match is. If I don't care about the wrestler, I don't care about the match. Okay. But what do you think about... So that, like, that's like in the past. Like That's how you felt. Yes. And so that's, that's established. You, yeah. What about now? What about t this episode? Finn Balor is in NXT now. That's great. Yeah. Because Vince great. does not know what the fuck to do with that guy. No, exactly. First so, Universal Champion, inaugural Universal Champion, hasn't even touched the belt since he joined the main event and he being misused on the main event constantly there's always the like frustration of like why does he never go into demon form for big matches like especially for it's like championship matches um it just kind of doesn't make any sense like you would want finn balor to be that spectacle that he that you know he can be but then they choose to hold back on that, uh, which is... Too much. I mean, I, yeah. I, I can get holding back. Cause, yes. But, I mean, goddamn, there, there's a limit. When, when you're saying, like, the beats, the, um, the demon is unstoppable, nobody's nobody can defeat the demon, and you're going in for a championship match, don't you want, the, don't you want to win? Why wouldn't you be the demon? Exactly. I understand, like, oh, the demon has to be, like... You have to have this anger and hate and blah, blah, blah. But, like, we've seen matches with Finn Balor where it wasn't, like, that deep of a rivalry or anything. And he would still break out the demon in NXT. Um, so it just feels kind of weird where you wouldn't want to be the best kind of version of yourself for a championship match where it's, like, a huge deal. Especially if you're facing Brock Lesnar. Yes. Yeah. That was the biggest... What the fuck? Because it ruined everything. As soon as you saw him coming out with that leather jacket, you went, well, he's fucked. Yeah. He's fucked. Yeah. And it would be like a great, like, uh, marquee draw. Like, the demon versus the beast. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's fucking so there. It's so fucking simple. It's, yeah. it's like right in front of you, Vince. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, uh, since they went on to, to the USA channel, since they went on the TV... I finally get I finally got my Velveteen Dream match. Meaning I finally felt something. I was so happy because I've been <laughs> I've been wanting to have it for so long. 
And even though I'm not a, uh, I'm not the biggest supporter of Roderick Strong, God damn it, I'm not denying that son of a bitch. No, he's fucking he's, great. He's. I always felt he like can he can make any fucker shine. He, I think he has so much, like potential as a as a wrestler. I just not a big fan of his character too much. I don't ever want him as a main eventer because I think it'd be boring if it, if it was a main eventer. Yeah. But he's an important part of the show. Yeah. I still want him there. Yeah. And I still want him chasing belts. And I still want him to be a part of the Undisputed Era. Because he's lethal. Like yes. you can see that he's, you can tell that he's lethal. He has like the wrestling acumen and, and skill and he's technical and he can fucking break your back. And he's incredibly well-versed. It's just that when he talks, I don't believe him. No. I don't believe him at all. And it might be because he has a kind of a higher voice. Like, he kind of talks like this. Like, I'm going to beat you, Velveteen Dream. But look, I've said this since, since the beginning. Roderick Strong is this generation's Dean Malenko. A he fucking wizard. He looks, looks like, like fucking Dean Malenko. <laughs> yeah. When I saw him, I was like, holy shit, it's Dean Malenko's son. Yeah. He's, he's amazing in the ring. It's but you'll you... never see him in the fucking cover of the poster for WrestleMania. It's, it's when you realize that Malenko means strong in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Strong and Robbie. So that, that's when they started. That was two weeks ago. Yeah. But I did feel something else this week. And I'm saving it because I felt the same criticism for the next topic. AEW. Hmm. Let's go to that. The first show, what do you think? For first show, I think they did well. It didn't blow me away in terms of like the wrestling and, and the stories that were being told. Uh, and I think that comes back to a little bit about SmackDown. You know, the first show, the first thing is going to be hard to... Like you're, it's it's never gonna meet expectations. I think, like especially like for AEW, that's been hyping, you know, them coming to TV for months and months, and you know, who's gonna be in the roster? Who's gonna do this? You know, um, and then everything leading up to that, even with like the pay per views in between, uh, Chris Jericho being champion, uh, I think it's really hard to match those expectations, and maybe that's a fault of mine because i expected a lot but i never felt like the show was bad i didn't think that it was a bad show i think it was a great show um although i did feel like it was a bit lacking um but i i thought the fans were really really good um the matches uh were good too uh i don't think there was like a bad match in the whole card um uh, yeah, so I think it was a great show, um, and yeah, what do you think about the thing? I think we can go into like, like what happened, but like, what do you think overall about the show? <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this. It was fun, I liked it, but I it, it's the same problem I have with NXT right now. It's just a wrestling show hmm. it's just wrestling match after wrestling match after wrestling match done that for me will never be more entertaining than a show with backstage segments than a show with promos than a show with firefly funhouse that will always be more fun to watch for me. I want a weekly show to have segments. I want them to have stuff that you that you don't normally do in a, in a wrestling show. And I want the pay-per-view to be pure wrestling. Maybe a segment here and there, but the focus is just match after match after match. But it's not like the a the show had no segments or no promos. I can't remember have... any single segment. SCU had uh, the whole like they're in Washington and he's pretending to be Obama. But, but that was way shorter than they usually then... do. That was that was barely a segment. If anything else, that was like an introduction. Hey guys, we're in AEW. It was kind of a reminder of anything else. I wouldn't call that a segment. I I, I want. 
I want wrestlers coming into to the to the arena and the cars. You know that shit. But <laughs> but they they did that. I mean like I mean it's still SCU. They came out. They did a promo on the stage, and then the Lucha Bros came out and were like, "Hey, puta, I, we're the best tech team in the in the universe." And then, I have no recollection <laughs> of this. Well, no, they did that. I I, 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 I look. I I believe you, but it, it made zero Im- impact. Maybe it's because you don't care about SCU. I wouldn't go that far. Do you care about SCU? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it... I, I care about Christopher Daniels. Yeah, but he's in SCU. There we go, see? I think you would care if he was in a singles oh, yeah. competition. Then you'd care about what he says. Okay, look. You, you brought it up. I, w- I want to talk about this as well. Lucha Brothers being the best tag team in the world, eat a dick. Yeah, I agree. Bullshit. No, they're not the best. I they're they're not even close. I I would say they're one of the best because you know they they're very talented and they can pull out amazing matches. Uh, but in but then it's also like this: we haven't followed the Lucha Brothers' career like as much no. as we have with like Young Bucks or absolutely Matt that's Hardy true. and but Jeff Hardy. I know exactly why I don't like the Lucha Brothers, and this will this won't change. You can't be the best tag team in the world when 99% of what you do is 1,000% scripted. Mm. Now, every match has high spots. Wrestlers plan out. We're going to do this. That's fine, of course. You got to do that. You got to do that. But when Lucha Brothers wrestle, it's so fucking obvious that every single fucking second is rehearsed with them. And the worst part about it, and this has happened many a times, when somebody fucks up a spot, when somebody else is not in position, or somebody forgets a spot, you can tell. You can tell immediately because they get angry. Yeah. They go, oh, what the hell? We rehearsed this. Especially Phoenix. Yeah. That guy has a worse poker face poker face than I do. Mm. It's and it takes me. It's like it's like the band that's playing on stage, and the guy plays the note wrong, and he goes, "Oh, god damn it! This song sucks. Oh, I'm gonna take this fucking instrument, and throw it away. I don't belong on this stage. Fucking band, I hate them. I don't and it's Metallica. In this world. <laughs> <laughs> it's Metallica. <laughs> it's fucking Metallica. And you're going there like I didn't even hear it. <laughs> it's wrestling. Improvise, motherfucker. But that's why that's where I come back to saying we don't know everything about them. Like, they could, like, maybe the matches that we've seen are well rehearsed because there's a point in the sense of, like, this is supposed to be, the like, the biggest ladder match. Or this is supposed to be, you know, uh, 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 like a huge uh, main event kind of deal. But how many, match, how many matches have we seen? And no, every what... single match has been the same. Look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them being that rehearsed. Mm. If I was a wrestler, I would want to rehearse when I'm supposed to fucking breathe because I probably forget about it. <laughs> but you can't say you're the best. It's like for me, it's like saying it's like a DJ saying I'm the best music producer in the world. All I gotta do is press play. Mm. Yeah, eh, but really, I mean, how many wrestlers say that they're the best in the world? Yeah, like, but it's, it's annoying when they do it. <laughs> I mean, Sandy... also fucking Pentagon, dude. We get it. Yeah. Zero miedo. I speak Spanish and I fucking butchered that fucking pronunciation. I get it. Stop saying it fucking 50 times in a match. My God. Yeah, I guess it's a lot. Um, I mean, like, when I think when when uh, Pentagon was in Lucha, because he was in Lucha, right? Oh, yeah. Um, that whole Zero Miero, he was more of... He was a different kind of character, I think. Yeah. And oh, yeah. He was much more like a Fun. Dar- dark... Fun. Fun. Yeah. yeah. He was much more of a dark, brooding, like, fucking destroyer. And then he, he would have that catchphrase. And he would say it, not, like, maybe in the beginning of the match, maybe a little bit in the middle. You know, like, not very much. But now it's, like, every fucking second is zero miedo. I mean, they edited, the, they edited the shit out of the matches for Lucha Underground. I promise you, 90% of the lost tapes of Lucha <laughs> Underground is just Pentagon going, zero miedo. <laughs> It's fucking ins- learn a new phrase. That the editor when he's like sleeps, he just wakes up in a cold sweat. <laughs> Zero miedo. <laughs> I heard it so fucking many times. But I will say this: even though it is like they they he says it a lot. If I was in the crowd and he said it, I, oh, I would I fucking scream, scream uh, my ass off and yeah. say it 
all, yeah. every single time without a heartbeat. Yeah, no, I do too. So, I mean, I get it why he does it. It gets a really good reaction. And I think he does it well when he takes off his glove and then he like tunes something. I don't know. And then he goes into their face and like, Zero Miero! Like, and the whole place says it at the same time. I would get goosebumps. I would, I would fucking eat that shit up. But I do agree it is a bit too much. Yes. On TV, it's a bit too much. It, and that's exactly the problem. Every every single time they're going to come out for a weekly show, you're going to go, all right, let's get ready for some fucking zero miedo because God knows it's the only fucking word he knows. Mm. He goes, order a fucking burrito and he goes, zero miedo, which I fucking hope he has. <laughs> no, it's like, do you want some mayo on it? <laughs> zero mayo. <laughs> it's like, okay. So that's AEW show. Wait, wait, wait. We got to still talk about like, what we thought about the commercial breaks. All right. Because on Twitter, a lot of people talk about this. About the fucking commercial breaks on AEW. I like them. Me too. But I couldn't put my finger on why I liked it. Yeah. Because it's a fucking commercial break. So I couldn't put a finger. I couldn't put my finger on why am I liking this? Why is this so different from what WWE does? Mm. And the, I still don't know. It's the whole like no wrestling... Uh, during a commercial break, which I which I appreciate. Um, I mean, just looking at SmackDown, uh, before the commercial, Shane jumps from the turnbuckle on a downed Kevin Owens through perfect, a table. Perfect example. Perfect example. Through a table, Kevin Owens is fucked. He's laying on the ground. He's holding his stomach. We're like, holy shit. Commercial break. Kevin Owens... On top of a turnbuckle, while Shane is on top of a ladder, does a fro- jump a fro- uh, does a does a jumping frog splash on him, and it's like, for for us, it was like what the fuck happened between him getting an elbow through the heart through a table, and then him being all of a sudden up on a on a turnbuckle yeah. and jumping down on Shane. So that was my first thought when I saw this. I was like, this is why I'm for no no wrestling during the commercial breaks because I'm lost. I, yeah. I, I mean, sure, of course, you of you're not an idiot. You can put your, you can, you know, you can understand. Well, sometime he he got the win back and start fighting back. Of course you can. Yeah. But you want to see it. Mm. Of course I, you do. I, I think that's because it's a more of an emphasis for the crowd. But like most of your audience is not in the, the arena. It's the TV. And it's either doing that. I think for WWE, it's either doing that or doing the whole like, uh, you know, somebody gets a huge move, the heel does a submission on the guy, and then he's like, we'll be right back, and then cut to this the guy still doing the submission, and then, oh, okay, oh, the co- commercial is over? All right, let's continue. And then you can obviously tell that it's like, you know, they know, okay, commercial's out, let's continue the match. If I was a crowd member and that happened, that would be for me like, oh, they just went to commercial. Um... Well, I guess they're just going to watch these guys on the ground for a while. Uh, while for us, or while watching on TV, it'll be like, okay, yeah, there was that okay, like non-stop action in quotation. But you could still tell that they were just waiting for the commercials to end to continue the match. So out of those two, I probably prefer the one with the submissions because as a viewer on TV, you wouldn't be losing too much of the match. Yeah, I agree. So, going back to AEW, with them having no wrestling in the commercials, I think that's great. I like that. It's, it like, sure, it's kind of awkward, because you're not, maybe you're not used to it. Like, all of a sudden, you're just, like, left in a shot of the crowd. But it opens up a lot of opportunity for the wrestlers to do stuff for with the crowd. Like, in the last match with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, before Chris Jericho and Santana Ortiz came out, they took the microphone and just started talking to the crowd and started to get them hyped up and start doing different things there. And that's something that's like, can build the match up even more and, and can keep it fresh instead of just you sitting there waiting. Um, so I think it's a great addition. I think it's, it's good, uh, at least for this first show. Um, and I, and in, in my mind, I'm imagining like if you're sitting there with maybe like five friends and you're watching AW all together in, in a, in a room or an apartment or whatever, 
and it's commercial, you can still, like, hear the fans. You can still, like, you know, kind of be a part of the show. It kind of feels like you're in the arena, in a way, because it's not like you've been cut off into, like, a commercial where it's like, and goodbye this. <laughs> so, like, in a way, you kind of still feel like you're there, and you, you people can, like, do stuff. Oh, shit, it's commercial. Let's go get a go to the bathroom, you know, go get a drink. It kind of still feels like you're in the arena in a way. I don't know if that that's kind of what I felt. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm still there. It I didn't get taken out. That could be what I felt as well cuz like I said, I can't put my finger on it. I just I know that the difference was noticeable enough for me to go there's something different about this. So I know it's yeah. there. But yeah. I could never come up to what it was. So yeah, it has to be that. I mean, I don't have any better any better thought or theory behind it? Right. What do you think about J- Jake Hager being a part of AEW? I feel nothing. No. I feel nothing. I didn't feel much either. I didn't go, oh, fuck me, really? And I didn't go, oh, fuck, yeah, it's Jack Hager. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was surprised Apparently. to see him. I was surprised to see him. I'm like, oh, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, it's, it's Jack Swagger. You know, I'd just be like, oh, shit, okay, he's there. Cool, maybe. AEW. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about fucking Moxley? Because uh, you all love John Moxley, don't you? I think. I think it was interesting. Like, obviously, they were gonna have a match at some point, because of all the talk and everything when, when uh, the match got canceled. Um, uh, so I guess it's a good thing. Like. I don't see any bad like I don't know like I don't see any bad reason to not break Moxley out on their first show. Like there's many reasons why you should. It's new people. They probably recognize John Moxley from WWE. So even if you probably didn't follow AEW up until that point, you would still if you if you're a WWE fan, you'd be like, "I'll oh, give it a shot." You would have seen someone you recognize and be like, "Oh yeah, shit." Yeah, cuz that that's another thing we need to talk about. Or I think we have talked about it, but just for emphasize that this is also a first show and we have to think in terms of people have not seen the pay-per-views before this. Right. So, did this was the show well established or was it was it doing a good job establishing this is what you're going to look forward to in terms of these are the wrestlers, this is the the atmosphere, this is the the tension we have in the shows. Did it succeed in that sense? And I feel it did. Yeah. I, I felt like, yes, you did a good job. You didn't do a great job, but I don't really know how you can do a quote-unquote great job mm. without fucking exaggerating any, everything. And if you do that, then you don't feel genuine. You don't feel like this is a real thing. Yeah. I think what what they have is, is great because in... In uh, the first episode, you would have, like, the first match was Cody versus Sammy. Great. Awesome, that was fucking awesome, great. Yeah, awesome start. Because Cody is a guy that you recognize if you watch WWE. Exactly. And you're showing an, uh, a new talent, exactly. a new person. Uh, so that's good. And that, the whole show was, like, a mix of, like, new people and, like, people you would recognize. Chris Jericho, Jack Hager, uh, Cody, uh, and maybe if you watch New Japan or, or anything, like, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Moxley. So these are like names that are outside of just the AEW bubble. They've done other things. And then you see the new people like Sammy. You see Brian Cutler, MJF, uh, Riho, and Nyla. Uh, so it's like, I think they did the best that they could with the people that they had. And I think they, like how they placed the cards was great. Yeah. Like I thought it was... Totally well, and, and like production wise, I thought it was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't perfect. But I think for their first show, it was like pretty damn good um, production wise. I like the commentary booth. It's really <laughs> no, nice. No, no, no. Let's talk about it. Tony Giovanni's back. Yeah. You know what's funny is that before, to- before uh, that uh, show, before AEW's first show, when you would see, like, they would have, like, segments of Tony Schiavone in, like, the control center yeah. and talking. And then I kind of felt like, oh, man, he's changed. He doesn't sound the same anymore. Like, it's not the, like, it, I'm like, uh, I, this not, it's Tony Schiavone, yeah, but it's not Tony Schiavone that I know. 
But then as soon as the cameras roll and he's behind the commentator booth, they're like, welcome everybody to... And I was like, oh, so good. Fucking goosebumps. And that's a perfect comparison to something I did not like with Raw. I'm sorry. I have all the respect for Jerry Lawler, but he does not fit in that group. Not anymore. He was the odd man out. I kind of felt bad for him. Okay, I wouldn't say... No, come on. He felt way off. He did his old... He was Jerry Lawler. He yeah. did his old thing. Very uh, but old strength. it was... It was so different from the other two. I mean, the other... The other two were making fun of the veteran. Yeah. They made fun of him several times during the show. Like, come on, Jerry. This isn't... This isn't the 90s anymore. Right. And I was like, you know what? I can actually... I actually agree. And that fucking scream he does. I'm so tired of that scream. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. I I mean, I love... I like his his commentary. I think it's great for the time when he was... Yes, I respect what he's done. It doesn't mean that he should be here now. I do not want Jerry Lawler to be part of that team. It It feels like I'm going back to early 2000s and not in a good way. Right. And I need to also note... I do not feel that when I listen to Jim Ross. No. I don't go, oh, Jim Ross, Jim Ross, Jim, Jim Ross. Jim Bean. <laughs> God, I wish. <laughs> he's, he's established and he's trying to do something new. Mm-hmm. That's, when I, that's what I feel when I hear him talking to AEW. I do not feel that from Jerry Lawler. I, I think... feel Jerry Lawler is going back to what's worked before, thus making it even stand out even more in a bad way. But you know the reason why... I think Jim Ross uh, outshines him is because Jim Ross is a play-by-play commentator. And and you're more or less more neutral in that sense, whereas Jerry is very much a color commentator. And his job or role is to be like, you know, with the heels or or with the faces and doing like, and all these like character stuff. And that character doesn't fit now. But Jim Ross, he can... I, I mean, I agree he's with you. He's a cog you. you can put in, in any... Yeah, exactly. He fits, and he even if he doesn't know the talent, like when he commentated for New Japan, I still thought he was welcoming in to hear. Like, I had... Like, yeah, he messed a few names up, and he wasn't, like, didn't know everybody, but I still f- liked his work there. It wasn't great, but it was good. But now that he has that passion and knows the character, and he's in the company... Uh, he shines. And and like you said, he's a cog you could put anywhere and he, he'll do great things. To quote Cody, that's fucking Jim Ross. Yeah. Well, that if, if that's the case, let's compare Tony to Jerry Lawler. Yeah. I do not feel, I do, I do not feel when I listen to, to Tony Schiavone that I'm going, okay, this is old. This is, mm. uh, it's taking me back to the 90s. I want new modern wrestling. Mm. I think Tony's great. Yeah. And look, not many people agree with me on this. But for me personally, Tony Schiavone is my favorite commentator ever. I know for a lot of people, if not everyone, it's Jim Ross, and I totally fucking get it. Mm. Totally get it. Not gonna argue against it. But for me, it's fucking Schiavone. But I think Tony's also kind of been the straight man. When he was in WCW, he was the straight man. Like, he was the guy that called it down, you know, uh, straight, and, and wasn't this, like, kooky character... Like, no, but he's he's the color now. Yeah, he's the color now. But so that's it, the thing. it can be compared to Jerry. He can be compared to Jerry as a color commentator now. But Jerry is holding on to his old shtick that yeah. he used to do. Whereas Tony doesn't have an old shtick. He was the straight commentator. So him being in the color commentator role is still not as jarring now to hear. Because he doesn't rely on old... Uh, like his old persona or character to, to be a color commentator. He's inventing himself. He's doing something new, and I and that's why it works now. Unlike Jerry. Yeah, you know you're right. That's what I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And what do you think about Dio Madden? Who the fuck is Dio Madden? That's what I thought you would say. He's the third guy in the Raw commentator booth. He's the guy with the dreads. Oh! <laughs> oh! Because honestly... They all sound like Michael Cole. 
well, I can tell the difference between, you know, I don't, I, man, I wish I would remember his name, but the guy that from 205 Live. The, Vic Joseph? Yes. I can hear J- Vic Joseph and I can tell that's J- uh, Vic Joseph and I, and I like Vic Joseph. I think he's a good commentator, but it's like whenever Dio talks, it's like, I don't hear it. And then that's not, it's not because of the volume of how he, it's just that I do not remember a single thing about, I don't remember what he said. I don't remember any like thing that he's like pointed out. I don't remember like any like, uh, quips. I like, if you were to ask me, oh yeah, they've had a third guy for a while. I'd be like, are you serious? Because I, all I know about Dio Madden is that he's there because I've seen they point out a camera at the commentator booth, <laughs> but I don't know anything of what he said or done in Raw so far. Well, which I... is a huge, huge problem if you're a, the voice of WWE and your voice isn't even fucking memorable. I think it's pretty obvious, my dear friend, that he made a lasting impact on me. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the thing. It's like SmackDown is going to two commentators now. It seems to be, at least for now. Um, yes, exactly. Uh, Michael, that's me clapping, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Cole and Corey Graves, which I think is great. You don't need to... If you feel like the third person isn't bringing anything, then don't have that. Like I think Cole and uh, Graves do a tremendous job already. They're, they're very uh, memorable characters, right? And I get Vic Joseph. He is like the um, play-by-play commentary commentator, and but then you have like Jerry, the King Lawler, which we already kind of deem now is like why is he there? Mm-hmm. And then you have this guy that we don't even know is there until I until the camera is pointed at him. So it's like why have a three-person commentary team on Raw? Because they're fucking married to it. Sure, they didn't do it with SmackDown. But I'm guessing it took a lot of, you know, a lot of work from everyone else to go, Vince, no, two people, come on, please. And three people can work. I think NXT pulls it off. I think NXT pulls it off great. Yeah, but... You got Beth, you got Nigel, and Mara. Yeah. I, yeah, that's true. And, and Beth isn't, isn't bad. I think she's good. I just she's don't... She's better than Renee. She's better than Renee. I just don't think she adds anything. She's just there, you know? And you hear her and you're like, yeah, she said something that just happened on the screen. But I think Mauro is fantastic. He has that, like, I mean, yes, he's very much like a, 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 what's it called? One-liner machine and, like, rhymes everything. But I think he's still great. He, He cares. You can tell that he cares about the product. And Nigel is fantastic too. I think he also cares, and I, and I do believe that Beth cares. But unlike the other two, I just don't hear. I don't just don't feel like she adds anything. She's just more there to say what's happening at that point. Like, oh my God, that was a hard shot. Oh, that was that's the hardest part of the ring. Oh, like <laughs> you know, like that stuff. Like she's heard it from other people, and she's just repeating it because that's what she heard. You know. A lot of people, they take that criticism that you just said, but they apply it to Nigel and not Mm. Beth. Mm. Because I know that a lot of people are praising Beth. Okay. Like, way too much. Mm. Like, Uh, oh my God, can you believe how good she is? Like, that level. And I'm going, no, I can't believe it because I don't believe it. No. She's not bad, but... You can move Nigel to Raw, I think. Because he's a color commentator. At the very least, his voice is memorable. At the very least, you know it's Nigel when he's talking. Right. I feel like there's so many commentators in WWE, they all sound like Michael Cole. Not, not in the sense of the, the actual voice sounds like Michael, but their pronunciation, the way they talk. They're, they're basically all just husks, like robot, and Michael just put a soul into it. When Michael himself is just a robot with no soul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we can't go on for, for too long. I'm thinking about, you know, splitting this fucking episode into two parts. We'll see about that. Let's go to the meat of it. Mm. I think it's kind of unfair to compare three shows from WWE versus one show of AEW. Right. 
but it is possible. Mm. What do you think? Should we just stick to NXT versus AEW, or should we stick to the entire week of WWE versus this newcomer that everyone wants to win? A wordsmith, I am not, amigos. Oh. But I think it's it's really hard to do that to make a comparison because if you say like what 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 show gave you more? What what gave you more? AEW this week, for sure. Yeah, for sure. AEW this week, and and I think the I think the best show is AEW, and then after that it's NXT, then it's SmackDown, then it's Raw. That's that's what I think, and the ratings are also heavily towards AEW this week. I think they pulled like I'd crazy be su- I'd, numbers. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. You no. have, NXT is already established. Right. So the people who didn't watch it because, well, I know it's good. So yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to record it or whatever. Yeah. This is something new. We have to be part of history. Sure. If we don't watch it, we're not part of history. So and, I'm, I, I, I believe bullet. it's that. And I'm not taking anything away from AEW. What I am saying though is it's, it's not, you know, clear cut. They won in the ratings because they are better. No, there's a lot of other factors no, into it. No, for sure, for sure. And I and and the the ratings for the AEW show was one point four million, and the, for NXT it was eight hundred thousand, and I thought that was pretty freaking great for NXT, uh, and and I and I think that it will drop off. Like it can't do one point four every week or more. I think it might start there just because it is like the first show debut and everything. And then, like, slowly you'll see that it, like, levels out to a more, like, stable thing. Like, a stable ground. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking a million. It's going yeah. to be around there. I hope, it's, I hope it isn't. I hope it gets more viewers. Yeah. But, I don't know. 1.4 is not bad in any sense. But as a first show, after hyping it up for six months, maybe? Well, I mean, I think I it's... I was kind of expecting more. But 1.4 for a non-established... Well, not non-established, but like a doesn't have a history like WWE. But a has. wrestling show in the states. I mean, well, one, that's one point four million. That's one point four on TV. I think I'm not entirely sure about the rating. I think that's one point four on TNT. Then you you have to also think about like you know watching it on Fight, watching it on like ITV or whatever the international channels are. Maybe it, it could be a lot more. Uh, but I hope it is. Numbers. I hope it is. Mm. So you're saying AEW yes. is the winner, and they're gonna def- defeat WWE. They're the, the the fucking dragon killer. Well, the thing that annoys me is that AEW are sending such mixed messages that it's it's not a war. It's a war. It's not a war. Oh, this is this is for people that are looking for something different. So it's not. They're but not if you, after but WWE if, fans. But if you still watch the same thing, you're an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and like then like you know Cody says yeah it is a war and then Chris Jericho says like well you started the war like he had a tweet recently where he's like, uh yeah you guys started this war and now we're gonna keep like it's a fucking war now, which is then like what is it? Well, they kind of did start the war, because when AEW did the thing, they went Wednesdays, so they didn't they didn't. Yeah, no, I'm saying yeah WWE made it into a war. That's what I'm saying. But then, so so, what is it now? Like, what does AEW says they're they're alternative, and it's not a war. But like, I I guess from now on it has to be a war. It's the Wednesday night wars. I see it as a war. If anything else, it adds spice to my fucking life. Well, it it is a war because just look at just look at how uh, WWE responds to the things that are happening. No wait, they responded in kindness. They put out that statement. Yeah, but that's the after... real winners are the fans. Go fuck yourself. You yeah. lost in the ratings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but that's after WWE tried to block like arenas for for AW. That's after they put the. the... I think that's one hundred percent fine. Yeah, I mean it's a yeah, it's business. I get that, but for them to be like, like the doing real all this winners are the fans. <laughs> for them to be like super vicious with all the arena blocking, <laughs> with like putting NXT on TV. <laughs> With, like, the tweets from wrestlers saying, like, yeah, this is the real wrestling show. And then when they lose, they're like, good job. Good job. We, we, wanted, we wanted this to happen. We want the fans to win. It's like, fuck you. You lost this week. And we'll see fucking next week what happens. 
Well, that'll be the end of it. May the best man win, and I agree with you. Hmm. AEW won, if anything else, the potential in it. The potential in what this can become in both the show and the wrestlers. Goddamn, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's definitely the launching pad uh, for a new era of wrestling. And if anything else, to anyone listening to this, if you love wrestling, don't be a shithead. Don't have your head up your ass. You don't have to... Even if you're 100% for WWE or AEW, just realize that competition is good. Don't spend your money on AEW if you don't want to support them. I'm not saying that you have to go out and buy fucking t-shirts. But don't be so centered on one has to die for my fandom of wrestling to survive. That is such bullshit. Stop that shit, all right? I think loyalty can blind people. Yes. Uh, a lot. There's nothing wrong with being loyal as long as you have a clear view on the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is competition, good for them, good for us. Makes the life more interesting. I Makes think, the world go around. I think the saying is that uh, high tide lifts uh, all boats. And Yeah, I've heard that expression before. Yeah, so I think that uh, applies here as well. You know, so the better that everyone else does, the better that we, the better products we get. Yeah. And that's one hell of an ending. Amigos... Adiós.